This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, June 24th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Carlotts shuts down 11 stores. Japanese supplier Marelli enters a court-led reorganization. And Gen Z is more frustrated with the car buying process than older generations. Plus, a conversation about why digital retailing in the F&I office is on the, quote, precipice of evolution. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Used car consignment company Carlots is shuttering 11 of its stores. That's half of its brick-and-mortar locations. Company executives blame vehicle sourcing snafus and said it needed to preserve cash. Carlots is one of several online used vehicle upstarts that benefited from pandemic-fueled momentum. Now it's in the process of dialing back its growth plans. The decision to close the stores followed a strategic review that showed such a move was necessary to ensure future profitability. In the first quarter, the company reported a gross retail loss before F&I of $1,800 per vehicle. That's down from almost a $1,500 gross profit per vehicle a year earlier. Japan-based auto supplier Marelli will enter a court-led rehabilitation. That's Japan's equivalent of bankruptcy restructuring here in the U.S., This follows the company's failure to complete an alternative dispute resolution process in Japan. The process lets a company under financial strain continue to operate while renegotiating its debt with creditors. Morelli is owned by KKR and company. People with knowledge of the situation say Morelli wants the court to cancel about a $3.3 billion in debt as part of the turnaround plan. The new court supervised phase is expected to take about a month. While one supplier looks to reorganize its debt, another is being prepped for sale. Swedish supplier Vianir could soon be up for sale by SSW Partners. That's according to people with knowledge of the matter who talked with Bloomberg. Those sources say SSW could sell the entire business to one buyer, or it could consider splitting it into two pieces. The assets include the company's active safety unit. That one controls radars, cameras, and LIDAR. The other is Vianir's Restraint Control Systems Unit, which includes electronics for airbags and seatbelts. No surprise here. Gen Z is frustrated about a lot of things, and that includes the process of buying a car. A new survey by CDK Global says younger car buyers were less likely to recommend a dealership experience and had more frustrations with the car buying process than older consumers. The study surveyed 1,100 recent car buyers in December, It analyzed their preferences and frustrations with the car buying process by various age groups. CDK says 81% of Gen Z members said their biggest priority when purchasing a car was taking their time and exploring all of their options. That's compared with only 73% of millennials, 60% of Gen Xers, and 45% of baby boomers. The survey also said members of Gen Z had more difficulty purchasing a vehicle online than older generations. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, we got two bits of sad news this week. Sonic founder Bruton Smith died on Wednesday at age 95. What should people know about him? You know, he was a real retail pioneer, one of the first to take his company public. 
he was also a legend in racing. He owned multiple speedways. He was a NASCAR Hall of Famer. In that sense, as both a race car guy and a retailer, he was kind of like the, the Roger Penske of the South. We also got news that longtime auto analyst and consultant Marianne Keller died at age 78. She was one of the first women on Wall Street to cover the auto industry. Jamie, you knew Marianne. Could you share some thoughts on her? Sure. I started interviewing Marianne in the earliest days of my career. She, even when I was in you know, Lexington, Kentucky, just a medium-sized market newspaper, she would take the time to call me back. She uh, was very thoughtful, always very crisp, very firm in her viewpoints, utterly fearless about telling the truth. And not everybody uh, brings that much integrity to the game. She was great. Coming up, where is the automotive retail and finance market, specifically digital retailing, headed? We'll hear from Autofy's Josh Baer next on Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Josh Baer was introduced as the new president of digital automotive commerce platform Autofy in early June. Baer comes to Autofy from Lender Santander, where he was head of strategy, among other roles. He joins the company at an interesting time. It recently announced that it raised $85 million in funding to accelerate its growth. Senior editor Dan Shine spoke with Bear about his move from the lender side to Autofy and about how digital retailing in F&I will shape the future of the auto industry. Josh Bear, newly minted president of Autofy, welcome to Daily Drive. I really appreciate you having me. So tell me a little bit now. I'm, I'm wondering, first of all, you're getting used to being answer, answering to that title and that and what, along with your name. Why the, the move? You, you were with Capital One for a while, with uh, Santander Bank for a while, and now off to Auto5. What was it about the job that appealed to you and, and what made you want to make the uh, change? Well, you know, I had worked alongside Auto5 for the past one and a half years while I was at Santander. I got a good look at kind of where the company was heading. Their vision in a lot of ways aligned to where I was trying to take our auto business at Santander. I just thought the ability to sit in a position which could help kind of shape how such a large industry was going ahead, going forward, was too good of an opportunity to pass up. I view the industry, the auto industry overall, at the precipice of an evolution. 
I think digitization has been talked about for some time in the industry. Um, it's been a bit slow on the uptake, but where we sit today, I think the path is going to go much faster going forward. Kind of specifically, I think prior to the pandemic, consumers already uh, prefer to do at least part of the car shopping experience online. But there was a bunch of, there was resistance and it was understandable from the dealer community. But at the height of the pandemic, when people couldn't really go into showrooms, I think dealers began to see that digitization didn't take away from their business. In fact, it kind of added to it. It was accretive. And so what I think the future looks like really is going to be significant steps forward towards changing the way that transactions in the auto industry can be done. And I think when some people hear, you know, changes, and you know, I think you're right that people want to do more transacting, you know, online, everyone's so used to doing, ordering things with their phone on their laptop, uh, especially again, during the pandemic, these habits became ingrained in a lot of consumers. But now that I think, you know, that the pandemic is, is slowing and people are getting back out, they're visiting dealerships again. Do you still think that digitization will continue to grow as, as a preference for consumers? I do. I mean, I, I think we've seen it in a bunch of industries, but to clarify, I don't know that it's just shopping online when I say digitization. I, I think that the concept of digitization is can drive efficiency and transparency to the overall ecosystem of you know within the auto industry. And when I say ecosystem, I mean dealers, lenders, manufacturers, and these online marketplaces. You know, we've seen on the consumer side that transparency can lead to a more informed consumer and also a more transaction-ready consumer. And that really is, and I, I hear this all the time from dealers, that one of the sticking points or points of friction in an auto transaction has been consumers don't know what they can afford and therefore self-select into vehicles that they can't get loans for, or they can't afford. So, you know, when you think about digitization in that space, it, it really is, can you drive transparency so that consumers can, give, can begin to search for vehicles that they have confidence that they can both afford and get a loan for? On the dealer side, you can talk about digitization as allowing them to self-service with lenders. And from lenders, you know, you can talk about getting your offers earlier into the transaction and therefore getting more uptick in the uptake and then also uh, ease an interaction with the dealer itself. And so, you know, when I think about what we're doing here is when you think about the ecosystem of the four players with then consumers kind of interacting with it, what I think we can build is a value added solution that connects all these players. And there's certainly a bunch of talk about players within the ecosystem trying to take one another out, but the reality is they all need each other today. And where I think this is going is if you look at digitization, not necessarily the resulting outcome being more cars are sold. There may only be the 60 million that exists today. But what I think you'll see is for those players across the spectrum that lean in, you will likely see a redistribution of how the sales play out and how the loans play out. And then when you add on top of that, if you've got an informed consumer that is better able to match with dealers and vehicles, you can start seeing broader access to vehicle purchases, which is really where you might start seeing the underserved being able to start adding to the overall sales numbers. So it sounds like to make this all work, everybody's got to get in the sandbox and, and play nicely together. What's, what are the challenges to that happening? You know, I, I think it's, I would answer that. I would say that it's probably twofold. One is just overall inertia. This industry has operated 
in pretty consistent fashion for some time. And so all the way down to the transaction level, people are used to doing things one way. From my experience in other industries, getting people to adjust their processes to get to more efficient, even though that should seem like a slam dunk, it's not always easy to do that on a consistent basis across the board. So there needs to be a willingness to change. And I think you get there by creating enough value that it becomes a, a business proposition that nobody can turn down. So that's one. And then two, I think it's, you know, today when you look at the initiatives that are going on, there's a lot of individual players trying to solve the solution for themselves, ignoring the fact that it's difficult to do for yourself if you're not addressing the overall ecosystem. And so that's where I think, and you know, it probably lends itself to why I joined Autofy. Um, I think it takes somebody that has a more holistic view of where things are going to create a solution that many players will opt in on. The danger you run if you create the solution yourself is it becomes very prohibitive for others to join. If you're a lender that tries, it, tries to do it themselves, it's difficult to get other lenders to join. And obviously a dealer needs a wide selection of lenders in order to fulfill all their transactions. If you're a dealer that tries to do it yourself, how do you get presentation across other retail channels? Same things from manufacturers and obviously marketplaces, you know, have their own, you know, they're trying to do it themselves as well. So I think there's a unique opportunity for a firm like Audify as a truly independent company to come in and kind of build the solution for many. And, you know, you asked a question earlier, as you do that, I'm kind of agnostic as to how things end up, you know, whether, whether one of the players in the industry has more influence over the rest. It's kind of as if you, you, you build a solution that powers all and creates value for all. And then we kind of see how that then shakes out. Do you see the dealership model changing at all going forward? You, you, know, you obviously see the, the Carvanas and the Brooms of the world and some people you know, liking to you know, buy and finance vehicles that way. The dealership model is strong, but how do you see into the future how that may change uh, as digitization becomes more prevalent? You know, look, there's, we all hear all the things you know, that have been talked about. And I think you, know, you bring up Carvana. People have different lenses on that. I think what Carvana, what is undeniable to me is Carvana was the first digital player in auto that truly got what the consumer shopping experience could look like. There's plenty of reasons why, you know, in the, in the news as to why they may not be as successful as people thought initially. I think the dealer community is a very resilient group. And obviously, you know, you've seen it step up the here, you know, there's been talk around manufacturers at some point looking to kind of change the relationships with, with dealers and, and manufacturers themselves. I'm not betting on the dealer community, their presence changing. I think where digitization can help the dealer community though is give them more exposure to a retail community, allow for these uh, large national dealers to start taking advantage of their economies of scale, nationalizing the inventory and then distributing uh, to where the consumers are is a powerful tool that these large scale dealers have to their disposal. And I think you know it can also make these dealer groups more efficient. What happens in, in a showroom today can be done more efficiently if the process is thought out and automated. And what I would tell you is, and you know, the way we're designing our products at Autify is we're banking on an omni-channel channel experience. And what I mean there is uh, we want to create an environment where consumers can do as much of the transaction as they like online, but when they get into the dealership, they haven't lost all the work that they did. And if they leave the dealership, the dealer can still interact with all the, the transactions back and forth. With them. 
And so I think the key to actually winning in this space is creating a digital environment that services all the preferences that anyone could have in engaging in the, in the audit transaction, which could be end-to-end -end digital, end-to-end -end in the dealer, or something in between. So I, again, I, I don't think our, our future, the future at Autify and then the future of the industry hinges on dealers becoming more or less influential in the transaction. We just need to be ready if, if something were to change. Well, you're joining Autify at a good time. They uh, handled more than a million, I think, uh, finance requests uh, to lenders last year, and more than $3 billion in sales, or associated with more than $3 billion in sales. Uh, just raised $85 million from investors that they announced in March. But uh, Josh Baer, the newly uh, minted president of uh, Autofy, appreciate you joining us on Daily Drive. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Josh Baer is the new president of Autofy. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on retail, F&I, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.